Cinema Spectator, a movie podcast, is produced because of listeners like you. If you want to support our show, you can share it, give us a rating on iTunes, and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ecfsproductions, where you can throw a couple dollars our way and get access to our exclusive content. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film is Saw, directed by James Wan, starring Carrie Elways and Lee Wanell. My name is Cameron Tuttle, and I'm joined with Isaac Ransom. Isaac, how are you doing? Oh man, dude, I'm a nervous wreck. I am. This is this is a weird way to start horror month. I mean, this is this is what I this is the kind of movie that I think of when I think of horror movies. I mean, this is just like <laughs> stressing me out, you know. Uh, I uh, <laughs> I am doing all right, you know. I'm doing all right. I um, man, it's been it's been a weird start to the week. I mean, watching this movie this weekend, following some of the stuff on the news with uh, things going on with you know the Gaza and Israel and all that. So I feel a little high stress, actually. I mean, I don't think this movie helped. I mean, you know, some of the <laughs> live leak footage mixed with watching this movie, I was like, this is a, this is a recipe to not, not be good for my health. You know, that is, um, that is somewhat fair. And I'll, I'll talk about it more, but there is one scene that I was like, wow, this is, this does not, this, all the other stuff. I think everything else in the movie is like played up a bit, but that scene is is a little too too close to home for me personally. So mm, um, mm. yeah, but we'll, we can we can talk about that uh, in a bit, and it's something I didn't pick up on. So maybe it is uh, in light of recent events, I guess. Um, so uh, yeah, but I uh, have you been watching anything else? We started actually. We we had a, a an interesting evening the other night, and we started watching uh the princess diaries together uh, we did not finish it uh but <laughs> gotta say it's pretty funny it's a pretty funny movie i was moved because i did not remember <laughs> that the movie took place in san francisco at all yeah which i i was like how how did i not know this i i really used to believe that there were no movies in san francisco and i continually am proven wrong by different <laughs> things that we watch on this show and then i was wrong about princess diaries you know you could even say the parent trap is up in Napa, you know, maybe that's considered the bay at some point, but yeah, that I, I would say, is that really true? Is the parent trap in Napa? Yeah. Yeah. I, one of the, one of the girls, I watched that recently with Jules and one of the girls was from Napa, oh, which is wow. weird. Cause they both, they both meet for like an East coast camp. Right. So like, Dang. Right, I, w- right. I would not have sent my kid from Napa to the East coast to go to a girl's camp that was like this, you know? Also, there's yeah, <laughs> that's so funny because um, uh, we have like so many beautiful like lakes and you know camps and whatever else. Like, why would you want to go to like a kind of dumpy camp on the East Coast? Yeah, <laughs> if I remember the the movie right, it's like it's like kind of a you know a mediocre like like kids camp basically. Yeah. <laughs> so. No. I, uh, yeah, no, not besides what we watch, just been watching more of The Office, um, just on that binge lately. Uh, I can't really think of anything else besides that. So, 
How about you, Cameron? Have you watched anything else? Um, let's see. No, I, I don't think so. I think this was it. That and the Princess Diaries. Kind of polar opposites in terms of, of mood, but um, you know, I, I enjoyed both. So uh, I'll yeah. t- I'll take Princess Diaries. I mean, we we did start <laughs> watching Saw together, but uh Jules was there. And I was like, I just can't handle this. Like, <laughs> also the movie opens pretty pretty intense, you know. Yeah, it's. Uh, I would say the yeah. Well, anyways, we'll get into it. But I I would say it's it's grisly but intriguing. You know, it's not it's not grisly for you know for for the sake of it. I think it has some some interesting parts and is not just like gore. You know, focused for for the sake of it. So. Um, that's why I thought that, that we might have an interesting discussion about this one. And we'll talk about sort of, I want to talk about horror in terms of, of what we think of in terms of, um, I guess what's, what's, you know, on the line of making something exploitative or making something that's, you know, purely just for shock factor versus, a movie that's that's more considerate of of maybe the audience or the subject material, I guess. Um, and how do you how do you walk that line? I think that's a that's an interesting discussion to have with with this movie, especially because um, I think a lot of people could see this movie as as walking the the line in the wrong direction, or you know maybe you know crossing it all entirely, but. I think it is more interesting, at least than than the sequels. So I think this is a good one to to talk about with uh, with with Horror Month and a lot of the movies that we watched beforehand. You know, have been sort of artistic or have been you know somewhat integrated in in the language of film. And I think this has two, but maybe in a negative way. And so we can. I think I want to talk about that. Um, as well like what has this movie's legacy been um, and yeah I'm, I'm definitely interested in in your thoughts about it as n- not just a, a movie casual but as a as especially as like a horror movie casual who kind of is is not not super down with them uh, basically so yeah we'll yeah discussion yeah uh, and usually we kind of dilly dally a lot longer uh in the intro but i feel like we we're gonna have a lot to dig into so i just i want to say that um i want to let you guys know that we just want to thank you for being here and joining us on the show um and if you enjoy it you can give us a rating uh, share it with a friend you can check out our patreon and support us there financially if you're interested at patreon.com slash ecfs productions it all helps we appreciate it uh, like I said, we normally linger, but I'm like, I'm feeling this. I mean, I, from the beginning, I wanted to talk about it. I'm hot off, hot off the viewing. So yeah, uh, I, I want, I want to, I want to dig in Cameron. Let's talk about saw 2004 princess bride dude is there, which kind of yeah. freaked me out. <laughs> Isn't that why. so interesting? I, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the couple, I, I, couple I think I, that guy. And then, uh, um, is it, uh, Danny Glover, right? Danny Glover's the uh, the old detective, yeah, um, yeah. Which I was like, these are kind of cool star appearances for a for a kind of like a underground horror movie, right? I mean, I thought it was underground, but it is. Well, it, yeah, t- it technically was pretty low budget, and and then so the guy who plays Adam, he's also the writer of the movie or co-writer mm. of the movie. His name's Lee Wanell, and he went on to write. Uh, the Invisible Man, um, 
and that movie is is really excellent. I would I would rec- me and Juzo I think saw it together, um, and I would highly recommend um, watching that. But it's interesting to see sort of. I can see the. I didn't know this before. Um, I hadn't put it together that he also wrote um, Invisible Man. But I can totally see the parallels of of a movie like that and a, and a movie like this, which is very, um, you know, classic sort of. I guess it's in this realm. Um, there was a couple movies like this in the two thousands that were getting sort of. Um, I guess I would say like increasingly graphic in terms of, you know, what they were trying to, to show and what they're trying to express. And I, I would say, here's my, you know, um, this is like one of those film school arguments that you make in, in the paper when you're like trying to get a, a really good grade. I would say that part of it comes from, um, a lot of the graphic imagery you were seeing on the news around this time period. Um, and you know, you can take, for example, I I think, um, either it was 2004 or 2005 where you saw the, um, Abu grave, um, you know, there was the, the, you know, torturing of, of, you know, prisoners in, in Abu grave, uh, by, you know, us soldiers, you, you saw, um, you know, uh, Guantanamo Bay, you saw the, you know, um, the hanging of Saddam Hussein, you know, so all these things were like, were kind of horrific, you know, in the, in the wake of nine 11, there was these like horrific things that you, you know, you periodically saw cause we, you know, it was wartime. We, we were at war and I, I don't know if you remember, you know, being a, a kid at this point, I was, I mean, in 2004, I was seven. Um, so, you know, my parents watched the news, but it was, you know, f- fairly frequently that I would see some some pretty grisly things on, on the news, you know. Um, and, yeah, not, not, su- not stuff that was, you know, super safe for work or anything. So um, I feel like this is coming up in an era where, you know, this, this sort of violence is something that the public is trying to grapple with, I guess. Um, and I get, I think this, this movie in a lot of ways, um, kicked off a motion of, of sort of ultra violent, but also, um, uh, you know, in, in this, this movie, I think still has like a, a plot and like has something interesting going on, but it is, it is starting with that, sort of ultraviolet uh center around it and then you know movies like hostile and the sequels of of saw were even you know just doubling down on the, on that sort of violent shocking element um and i guess i don't know i i this is an interesting period in horror because i think it's it's one of the worst periods of horror um like in all of of film history but it's also one that um that i think is kind of um it's unique to study because of sort of the, the i guess the social implications of of like why it was happening you know culturally and then in the film industry you know since the 90s we had sort of been ramping towards this edgier and edgier i guess technically towards since the 60s but really the the 90s 
and onward were sort of these very edgy, um, you know, uh, pushing the boundaries kinds of movies. And I think this and a couple other movies like this were were totally expressions out of this era, I guess. Um, so th- I'm I'm not very I'm not being very kind to this movie, I guess, right now uh, by <laughs> pitching it in this in this way. But um, I think that's kind of the background and what I, you know, what I like to keep in mind when watching a movie like this is, you know, sort of where film was, where the country was. 2004 was just a very, very odd time in, you know, in American history. And so like, it's, it's a, it's interesting to look back at this and this is like, you know, I would say like in some ways a cultural remnant of, of that time period. So, um, I don't know what you think about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously it kind of coincides with some relevant stuff on the news right now and, it kind of exploring this movie uh in that mind space it, it there's a lot to reflect on historically uh in regards to culture with visiting this film it just strangely worked out in that period here's here's kind of what i want to lay in front of the audience about approaching this movie um i think it's it does what a lot of great horror movies do, which it has that presence and kind of that reputation around like a really horrifying, dark, violent sort of like, you know, the like thrilling horror movie. Right. Um, and what, what really kind of is tough for me as a viewer to watch something like that is that, there's there are moments in this film and there are moments that I expected a lot more of in this film um, that I feel like push a line that's kind of disengaging to the audience where it's like this is just kind of like icky or gross. Um, and I feel justified in critiquing it because of how good Seven is. And we talk about Seven a lot on this show, but Seven came out in the 90s it's able to juggle some really horrifying stuff in a way that is captivating for an audience uh, and not, it doesn't disassociate you, right? It does, instead of like, like it does horrify you and, and it does this thing where you're kind of like clenching while you're watching it. Uh, but it's never to the point where you're like, I just can't handle this. And I, f- I actually feel like Saw does a lot of this. Uh, in this movie where it it does a great job clenching uh, the viewer. But there are some moments where it's a little too extreme and it feels either gross or then cheesy and comical. Uh, And there are lots of moments that happen like that throughout this movie. Um, When originally I kind of anticipated this movie to just be like, you know, I mean, what what's so famous about this movie, right? When it says saw, right? You're like, okay, like somebody's gonna be cutting a limb off somewhere. Like you just know it, right? The the, the premise. You're like, I just do do I want to see? I don't want to see that, you know. But that's kind of what you're anticipating, what you're gonna see, and and thankfully, uh, there's very little of that, even though it there is <laughs> there's a part of the plot with it, right? Um, 
it's shown not too much, but for as much as it can show that sort of thing. I think there's just other aspects about the show that I found more disturbing. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the things that they were, but I was noticeably uncomfortable with um, just stuff around like the family being held hostage. I don't know why it came across really intense to me. Yeah. Well, that, uh, that was, that was kind of what I was mentioning earlier in, you know, a hidden way. In a yeah. Way. But that, that to me, I, and I guess I've always been most disturbed by that scene. Um, I always think it's the scariest part of the movie. Um, and for me, I think when he has them like, tied up and they're like screaming that is that is pretty yeah disturbing and i think in in fact it's almost to a point where it's unnecessary because i really uh, and it's counterproductive too um Mm. i think let's say you get that moment um right because i i think before we haven't really talked about the plot at all. So this is, may go over people's heads if they haven't seen it. But um, there's a moment where he he finds a Polaroid of the family and they're tied up um, in, you know, in his wallet. If you just saw that moment and nothing else behind it, that is scary. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that yeah. is is super scary. But seeing the the family, it, it kind of makes that moment a, a little less like resonant in some ways. And it also makes it, it it just extends the, the, the gross feeling that you feel when, you know, you're watching them be abducted basically. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I totally agree with you. I, that's, I think it's the worst part of the movie basically. Yeah. Um, I, it's a scene like that where like, I just can't, I can't like, I, I wouldn't like I, I don't want to be anywhere like near kind of stuff like this, even if there's a reality or a cultural sentiment around that sort of thing. Uh, it was way too far. I had a I had a similar experience um, before this show, actually. Um, it was let me just mi- look, make sure I have the, the name of the film correctly. Uh, it was a Jake Gyllenhaal film. Um believe it yeah 2016 uh i just i would not recommend this movie Night at crawler? all uh it's called nocturnal animals oh nocturnal oh, okay um this movie i i mean maybe i just missed out on something where i i was not smart enough to watch it or something but it opens with a bunch of you know like kind of grotesque nudity a lot of like fat people naked then it goes to this this um, this scene with two cars, one and they're on a one like a normal highway, like one one way kind of thing, and basically like it's like this thirty minute segment of like these guys like pull over the car, and it's just like way too stressful, and like there's like implications of like rape and things like it's just like it was just way like i had to shut it off i was like i cannot believe how disgusting this movie is like i just i I really could not handle it um and there like that kind of film for me i was like i was like i just 
I don't know why anybody would want to make something like that. I don't know why anybody would like approve something like that to go out. Like, I just don't understand that. Um, and, and there, I thought that's how I was going to feel about saw the entire time, but there were just little segments of it, of that in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, to the film's credit, it's low budget and it, it has moments of camp and that helps. I actually think that really helps this movie. Yeah. Uh, because if it took itself too seriously with more budget, uh, it would have had that sensation of, I'm appalled. I can't approach this movie. Um, so that that's what I found really interesting is that there was there were these slight moments where I was like, this is, this is too far, uh, but they were kind of uh, eased with, a cheesier, low-budget look, right? Um, most of the sets feel like they're made like in a drama classroom or something, or like a drama hall, right? Kind of like they're they're the sets are very like, you know, they're they're scrapped together, um, and, and the movie kind of goes all over the place, either with the dialogue or or um, with with the things that they do a ton of backtracking and flashbacks and whatnot. Um, but the core of this movie's excitement is what it establishes within its first um, kind of five minutes, right? So we have these two characters who wake up. Uh, both of their ankles are chained to opposite corners of the room. They don't know where they are. They don't know why they're there. Uh, and they quickly find out... Oh, and there's a dead body in the middle of the room, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, who presumably, like... who he was committed suicide that he has a gun in the hand. Right. Uh, and there's blood all over the floor. So it's pretty, it's a pretty graphic like scene to start, right? These two guys wake up. I don't know where we are. This place is disgusting. The great set design for this room. Yeah. Right. I Uh, love the, I love the room set. It it really is, is awesome. You know, that's why I said mentioned last week that it would be a, it would make a a fun Lego set just because it's so, (laughs) there's so much character in it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Lots of grime and detail. Uh, it's some sort of old converted bathroom or gym room or something. Right. So there's a disgusting toilet next to one of the guys. Uh, there's, like a tub behind him as well that's full of yucky liquid. Um, and these guys are trying to piece together what happened and how they got there. And I think th- th- at the core, this is what makes Saw interesting uh, as, a, as a movie. Um, they spend a lot of time kind of jumping into their lives and explaining scenes where like, well, this is what I remember. And this is, and and I think it can get a little lost in those moments. Although there are some great payoffs from those flashbacks later in the movie as puzzle pieces start to fit together. And, um, like the, the saw doll or the villain known as jigsaw. I think that's a great, um, villain name, right. Where you're trying to piece together what's happening in the scene. So there's so much going on there. That's, um, that's really fascinating. And one of the other things that I think is, is kind of interesting about the villain character is that you get to hear these other cases. Now, this is where it goes kind of seven mode about an hour into the film, right? (laughs) 
where you get well less um, than that. I, I think it. I think it's yeah. pretty early on. It's like twenty minutes into the movie. Yeah, they, you, they're like you got, going backtracking on on the other cases. It's, right, yeah. right. Which is a little. I I don't know. Um, they. I feel like they were really into the idea of this, uh, like super villain character or this or this horror force. So like we need to we need to explore some other ideas that make it really cool you know and this is uh, well, kind of where you get the, the squid game ramp up or the uh the kind of like seven serial killer thing going on right yeah um, i think it's very obvious that the, this movie was totally inspired by seven <laughs> like yes. i think it's i think it's not even a question at all um and and with that i think it's trying to make like an edgier more sort of stylistic if you can even say that without laughing um like a an edgier version of seven where um you know you're with the characters and you're sort of seeing the you know the murders be committed basically um yeah so so i think it's it's no doubt that that seven was a huge inspiration but them going back and them you know sort of piecing together i like what you said you know jigsaw it's a it's a puzzle piece piecing back together all of the uh the different things in in that's that's kind of the bulk of the movie in a lot of ways um yeah yeah and and i think like so on the surface right this is a sick twisted like horror character like from the outside this is this is how i begin to like kind of find things to appreciate about this movie uh, although I don't know if I recommend it yet. Um, my my interpretation of the film without seeing it was that there's a psycho killer and he wants to put people together and they're going to have to like sacrifice themselves in this disgusting, dark, twisted thing. Well, it's a little more interesting as the movie goes, right? He is interested in the escape room thing where he, he kind of wants his his victims to play the game, right? And so I'm like, okay, that's not that interesting. That's just sort of him being absolutely twisted. But they add this element uh, in those crime scenes where they're like, the victims are people that don't, that want to die, right? Or they're, they're, vict- they're people that are uh, overdosing or not taking care of themselves or they don't care about their lives at all. Uh, and so the the villain is like i want them to either get what they want or learn to fight for what they have you know and so suddenly now the character has a lot more depth it's not too complicated right but at least there's some kind of philosophical motivation do i like this writing not a ton uh i was thinking about how Maybe another horrific, thrilling adventure um, like Squid Game, for instance, where the philosophical drive is greed. Uh, And it's actually the people's own decision to show up there uh, for these horrifying games. And I'm like, to me, that elevates the characters to the next level because there's like they're 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 driven by their own greed. And what happens to them is kind of self-inflicted. It makes the villains bad, but not. It makes the the heroes also kind of bad as well, mm-hmm. um, and and so there's something about this where, um, it does sort of half of that, where the 
the heroes who are trying to get out of these situations um, are not the best people, right? They have pretty, like, like they have vice in their own life and they don't value their life. Uh, and so that kind of, I don't know, that, that kind of brings something forward. Again, very inspired by Seven, right? Yeah. Uh, where his victims are people who are bad and committing the seven deadly sins, right, in, in that film. Um, yeah, Seven's a better movie, if you're wondering, too. <laughs> yeah, you should 100%. watch that one. <laughs> um, Seven's a way better movie. But yeah. but I, I will say, I mean, I, I, I enjoy the... Um, the aspect of this that is, you know, the killer who's who's sort of setting his victims up to, um, um, you know, w- with an option of an out, basically. And I, I really like that. And I like how he, uh, they say, like, technically he's not even a killer. You know, I disagree with that, I guess. But, yeah. Um, but, you know, they say, like, technically he doesn't he doesn't kill his victims. He uh, gives them choices and and you know, most of the time they lead to, to their death. But, um, you know, he, he gives them the, the option to, to get out. And that's, that's what has, at the fundamental level, that's what's always been interesting about um, this movie for me is I like to see their um, sort of working, their, I guess their um, intentions. You know, Jigsaw is, is working with, um, with the characters in some ways, making something you know so horrible that they have to do, that um, they have to make the choice to be alive, basically. And that's kind of the the you know as we learn you know throughout the movie, his whole philosophy is that people don't. I guess that's it's not even that far into the movie that you learn this, but his whole philosophy is that people don't respect their lives they take it for granted and if they knew the you know the threat of death um they would learn to appreciate their life more um and so you you get this um you do get an interesting uh sort of philosophical question of um how much do you value your own life versus the life of someone else and i i think that's where you know i really really like um that first, um, the scene is kind of silly, but I, I like the, um, the sort of first case that you see, um, where she survives, it's the reverse bear trap. Um, you know, she gets out only because she, you know, she kills someone else basically. And, and there's something really, um, intense and primal and, and sort of visceral about that, that, um, question is do you you know are you someone who in in fear or in panic or in you know sometimes even in just situations um do you take someone else's life to save your own basically um and there is something sort of very um very real about about that that whole sequence um so i i I like the questions that it poses um, in terms of that. I think sometimes it gets a little silly and campy, like you said. But even sometimes that that doesn't... Uh, that's not a bad thing. Sometimes in this movie, it, it actually kind of works. And I... Like, you were... When we first watched it, uh, like, the, the first, like, two minutes or whatever, you're like, oh, the acting's bad. 
And I'm like, yeah, the acting's bad, but it, it kind of works in a lot of ways. It, it makes things um, like I, I wouldn't want this to be played like a, um, you know, like a serious drama or something. I kind of like that this is over the top in a way where um, it, it makes it feel um, non-serious sometimes. Like he's you know the wesley from from princess bride is like slipping into a british accent half the time you know yeah and yeah. and so there there's like something about it that i that i enjoy you know the camp and the the experience of it um and then underpinned is this sort of sense even you know what even danny glover half of his scenes are ridiculous like he's yes <laughs> most definitely <laughs> um and he's like the most serious actor in all of these uh i, I guess maybe not but he's like the most serious actor in in the cast um but he like overplays half of this movie um but i just th- i think i think the the you know the underlining intrigue for me is that sense of um of choosing choosing to live rather than than choosing to die i think i think that's a really interesting concept and i I, in fact i think they do it really well in this movie um Mm. i think for the most part um all of the questions that they pose are interesting and pull you in rather than um make you say like okay whatever you know what i mean like most of the time when they're in those cases, you have this sense of um, of actually being like interested in in the outcome, I guess. Um, so I, th- I think that's a success of the movie for me. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's one more thing I want to talk about broadly before I we dig into like some spoilers for the movie because I feel like some people a lot of people probably haven't seen this film, especially if you're not into horror movies. And if you're not into horror movies, I still think, tread lightly (laughs) i i feel like this movie might it's it's not like gonna win you over into the horror camp i'm trying to think of like what's a what's (laughs) a horror movie that's like 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 you love the thing right like everyone can love the thing right you know i don't think it's that movie's pretty scary too though it's scary but it's it has something about it that's universally enjoyable yeah you know Uh, it does something with the the doppelganger setup you know, I'm pretty sure I could show that to Jules and she would be into it. Um, I think this is like on the, I, I wouldn't say it's on the edge, but it's like closer to being more accessible than than like hereditary or something. Oh, yeah. Um, 100%. <laughs> but like, but it, I think you're right that I, it's not necessarily for everybody in terms of if you don't like horror movies, you probably won't enjoy this movie because it is scary. It is. Yeah. Like, it has some intense moments. I would but say. what I was surprised about is there were elements and things in this movie. Like I always think about somebody like my dad who would never say he likes horror movies. Right? <laughs> but then he's like weirdly into M night Shyamalan or like he's into like these strange one-off films. Like I remember he showed me alien and he was like, is this not awesome? Like he was like, this is so good. Right. I had moments when I watched this movie where it's like, first of all, I would not recommend this film to my dad. Cause you'd be mad at me because <laughs> you'd think it's twisted, <laughs> but there were elements of it where I was like, 
I actually think there's something here that like he he the dad would have been cool with, you know? I can understand yeah. Yeah. how some like kids like if your dad was into horror movies, like this movie could have been one of those ones that you went and saw together. It was on the edge and there was there's a there's some stuff in there that's like too far, but it also um like it would be great to like go to a restaurant afterwards and like talk to, you know, your dad or your friend after this film. And it, and it has like so, some, something about that, that pulls. Um, and I, again, I don't want to get too far into spoilers, but the scene, the buddy cop moments in this movie. So good. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're like, you're like, wait, there's something going on here that I'm really into. Right. Uh, even the moments where, um, the pieces are falling together between, um, the two characters that are locked in the cell, right. They're starting to, have a teamwork, right? They're starting to piece together stuff. Uh, whether when, when they figure out one clue or or like the the light switch off, like I'm yeah, I yeah. I feel like there are moments like that where um, I could imagine if my dad was into horror movies, but I could imagine him nudging me. You know, mm-hmm. I know my dad wouldn't be into this, but I can totally get why there's kind of a cultural excitement. Where there's the nudge like, oh, isn't that awesome? Or or like, just wait till you see this, you know? And the ending of the movie does a great job at that as well. Yeah. Um, I think that that's what really stuck out to me is I was like, wait, I could kind of understand why some people would get excited and into this. Um, and uh, just, there was one more thing. It's, it's slipping my mind now. Um Oh, and I guess maybe you could even say like some of the older actors have a pull uh, to make this movie a little bit more um, timeless or, or have some kind of element that would would kind of attract people or, or, or get them into it. Um, yeah, this is sort of like the budget wild off off the chain version of of seven in a way. Um, and it feels like there's a youthful energy in this movie also where it's a bunch of people really trying to make something. Um, they're, they're really trying to make something that you engage with and love. You can, you can, you can feel like the passion that they put into the sets and, and the experience uh, for the, for the audience. But there's still, I mean, there's plenty of rough edges around this movie. Um, and, uh, I, I really preferred that it was somewhat it, you could you could feel a little bit of the of the jank or or the you know the lower budget because it it feels like there's more to forgive with these people. I mean, they're really just channeling as much creativity as they can to entertain the audience, um, and that goes a lot further than some of the studio produced stuff. You know, actually, one I I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but one of my least favorite things is to watch like high production horror movie trailers like before a movie like they're so obnoxious they always look really yucky and i'm always like i just wouldn't want to watch that that just looks bad and it's devoid of any sort of creativity um at least the thing about like those indie horror movies i mean i watched uh like Tim took me to go see a, an indie horror movie a few years ago. I, th- I think it was called Lamb or something like that. Did you mm-hmm. see that? Yeah, I didn't um, see it, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like you go to see a movie like that, and it's so um, 
Like it just has like this slow indie energy about it. And you're like, okay, that might have not been the best thing I've ever seen, but at least it kind of had a spirit about it, you know, like some some creativity or some somebody's passion was was poured into that in this movie. Um there there's something here for it to 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 win points in, in that regard. Um Cameron, I feel like we need to get into the spoilers for this movie. So Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I guess recommendations before we fully spoil. I, I would say if you like horror movies and you've seen seven uh, and you're like, yeah, you know, I could see a, I, I'd like to see a low budget attempt. And, yeah, you know, I, I think you're going to find something, something here that you're going to like. Um, personally, I think it was a, good time for me to try to take a step to watch a movie like this. Uh, like you said, I've seen much scarier, but <laughs> <Yeah>. there, <laughs> there are movies like this movie on paper is, is like one of the scariest, right? Mm. Uh, for me, for me personally, like I had heard about it. I was like, I don't know if I can handle this. Right. Um, unlike like a movie like hereditary, you hear, you, you hear about it, but you don't know anything about it. Um, besides that it, like, I went in blind to that and I just knew it was like, this is who knows. I don't even know. I just know it's good. And they were right. It was, it was good, but also very scary. Um, <laughs> yeah, this, this movie, I was like, I, the torture angle thing was, was like a big turnoff for me. And there, like you said, there are scenes that it is too far. Um, but they're few, they're, they're a lot more few and far between than I expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the dread is worse in seven than it is in this movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. for me, I would say this is a, um, a lot of people have a bad impression of this movie just on reputation alone. Like, Oh, it's like gore porn, you know, Oh, it's terrible. You know, blah, blah, blah. This is not that movie. I mean, this is like, like, People have a bad impression of Hostel too, you know, and Hostel is that movie. Um, this is not that movie. This is like a very um, interesting, semi well done, and and even light on the on the actual like scares kind of version of of Hostel. You know, it is it is amped up. It is sort of in the early two thousands. It this movie feels like it's on a monster energy drink the whole time, yes. you know, yes. it, it, there's uh, something about like somebody with spiky hair was on set. You just know it. Right? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. There's, um, just, uh, there's something about it that is kind of cringe, uh, yeah. with this movie. Whereas like you watch a movie like seven and you're like, you hear that like Nirvana song that was in the Batman marketing, you know, the something, in the, you know, like something in the way. Like you watch Seven, you're like, I have lost hope in humanity, and you know? I'm like completely <laughs> depressed. You watch this movie, and you're like, oh, it's bringing me back. I think I had a blue Game Boy SP. You know, like I totally. don't know what it is. Oh my but, gosh, yeah, it, it is funny because maybe this is like my nostalgia um, of like growing up in in this time period. But there is something about it that feels very like weirdly comforting about like the maybe the attitude and the 
the characters in this movie. It's very like over the top, ridiculous, um, but totally like it. It's of the time. I don't know what it is. Like I feel, I feel very much um, like I watched these people on TV for like ten years. You know what I mean? Like there's mm, something about yeah. these characters that I feel very comfortable with, um, which is odd because they they're t- they suck. They're not like greatly written characters, but I just feel very um there's something about them that I that I feel connected to, I guess. Um Yeah, there's, in also, any case. An, there's also an element that kind of the, the other thing I thought about um is that it it sort of has a look of like a um sci-fi show or something like really yeah, totally. like, like the, yeah. it feels like a TV movie at times. Uh, just with the way that it's filmed or framed, and um, it sort of lightens it, right? It's like yeah. Supernatural's on at the gym, uh, and this movie <laughs> is just like a little. It's got more. It's more interesting than that, right? Uh, it's yeah. like Supernatural, but some director took over an episode, and suddenly there's people like, like there's actual blood and gore in the show. You're like, what is going on in this episode? You know, I'd, I'd sit so down and true. watch this. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, let's, let's get into spoilers. Let's go straight to the buddy cop thing. Cause I, I don't, uh, I mean, we can talk about the room and the, the puzzle pieces falling together, but let's talk about outside the room. Then we'll get to inside the room uh, okay. all, up into the finale. So we already touched on some of the, the different, um, kind of murder things i thought the barbed wire uh one was pretty gnarly but it's like death by a thousand cuts it's obviously kind of pulling from the grotesqueness of that fat dude from seven as well yeah the guy with the safe and the numbers was stupid i was like what is this like this is just not that interesting oh yeah he he lights himself Uh, on fire (laughs) and then the bear (laughs) the bear trap thing uh that was pretty horrifying um, but I thought the fact that they made her a druggie uh, mm. and that the guy that she stabs, uh, she has to like cut some guy's stomach open. Um, they were both uh, drug addicts. I don't know if you picked up on that. And then yeah. the other guy was overdosing. So I think he was going to die either way. Um, I think that's the implication. Or yeah. he, um, they say like he he was basically like out cold but he could still you know he was still alive essentially so maybe you know he was he was on his way or he could be saved it's it's interesting because the movie is very very inconsistent about its rules um yeah, or yeah. the the killer is at least um and so for him like i don't even know what his path to the solution is <laughs> like what like he's just dead there's no uh yeah what you know, choice did no he have? maybe him. maybe yeah. he uh <laughs> Was left in a room with drugs before or something? Maybe, yeah, maybe something like that. Yeah, Um, yeah. I like that headcanon. That's good. They kind of, uh, they kind of establish that there are other games outside later in the movie Mm -hmm. uh, with with the um, the guy that uh, kidnaps the family. Like you think he's he's the you think he's like Jigsaw, but it's kind of a twist up where he's been involved in his own game much earlier. Yeah. Um in the in the film. So I I thought that so yeah, outside, you know, the those those early killers and whatnot um are, are shown. And then um I keep wanting to say Donald Glover. 
but it's Danny Glover. Danny Glover. Uh, yeah. yeah. Danny Glover and then he's got like his his um his his sidekick that's pretty cool. Yeah, Ken uh, Lewin. Um, I feel I like his... Ken Lewin uh ha- I, I I don't know what it is, but Joseph Levitt Gordon totally carries <laughs> Gordon. The, and runs <laughs> with the shotgun the same way in the Dark Gordon Knight Levin, Rises. But... Gordon oh, Levitt. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dark Knight Rises. He he's compl- he's like the same character, you know. <laughs> he like runs the same way in this movie. Uh, like I just feel like maybe he inspired uh, that in the Dark Knight Rises. I don't know. It's kind of hilarious. Yeah. I think it's I maybe mean, just the way it, he, but... he holds the shotgun downwards and like does the shoulder <laughs> movement with the shotgun, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, there's that great scene. I thought that that was one of the best scenes in the movie. Halfway through. Uh, basically, um, Danny Glover finds out like, wait, I know this warehouse where the doll is. That's where he's got to be there. And so him and his buddy unwarranted go in with guns. (laughs) And I think, uh, (laughs) I think it's a good matchup, right? Two dudes armed to the teeth against this game master. Uh, and then I love the scenes where they're kind of opening or opening up those curtains to see his different things. So you get to see uh, the room that's shown at the beginning of the movie. So he's planning out that. Uh, and then they have that that crazy uh, reveal after they show the doll and things like that, that there's a guy under, like, strapped to a torture device with the two different, um, like, he's got tape over he's his got mouth. two electric and, drills going into his head, basically. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. well, and so, so yeah, they he's strapped to some device, right? Uh, and they set it up where they hear like the elevator ding and they're like, oh, he's back. So they cover everybody else up. They do like this kind of, they get him. They're like, put your hands up in the air. And then, um, Jigsaw, who's wearing Emperor Palpatine's outfit for some reason, (laughs) uh, (laughs) like he basically clicks a button and is like, if you, you have a one choice, stop the drills from killing this guy or, or you can get me, you know? What are you going to do? And I was like, okay, this is really fun. Like, this is like, a, you know, it's got kind of the cartoon energy going. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> totally. uh, they uh, they stop the drills, and then um, uh, Danny Glover's partner runs down the stairs after him. Well, um, Danny Glover gets sliced in the neck. Which know? is he such gets- a dumb fake out. I was like, <laughs> what is going on with this? So, yeah, uh, yeah. The he says, oh, you could choose who you want to get. And uh, Danny Glover's like, you ain't going anywhere. And then he, like, he... He like has an Assassin's Creed switchblade <laughs> that he he like slices his neck open. Uh, but then he this just, was pre Assassin's Creed. I will be you know. I to know. Be fair. I know. <laughs> uh, somehow Danny Glover survives a trachea slit. Yeah, uh, which does not happen in movies too. I mean, even if you could do that, that does not happen in movies. So it is hilarious that he he lands the most fatal blow on Danny Glover, and he and like in this movie where like people are cutting their arms off and or their legs off and stuff, and uh, and Danny Glover is he's just invincible. He's like major plot armor. I mean, the second time that he gets shot, I was like, he's gonna live, right? And then they do <laughs> yeah. that with another character later. So. I was like, 
was I like, know, anything yeah. could happen, you know? Uh, it is crazy. Yeah, people are the people are the most survivable in this horror movie than any other movie ever. Is even even Jigsaw who <laughs> who takes a full shotgun blast to the back. <laughs> <laughs> and and just tanks it, you know. He just you know, I, he just I, gets up. I'm very sad to hear that. I don't know if Saw Two is good, but if I if I got greenlit for a sequel, I would base the whole thing around this cop scene, and just do aliens against. So, but instead of aliens, it would be jigsaw or jigsaws, multiple jigsaws, <laughs> and then just SWAT teams versus jigsaws. You know, mm. so he's got oh this, yeah, so it's like Home Alone, but it's yeah it's, yeah. It's so SWAT the SWAT teams, teams going jigsaw. in there, they're trying to That's take so it out. Good. Jigsaw, you know, he's got all his traps. He's like, "Welcome to my Wonderland" or whatever. You know? and that would be so awesome. You were you were right from the beginning. <laughs> Why they, didn't they do that? They bust down the door and then they lock the doors and they're like, "There's only one way out." And I'll be in cuffs at the end, you know, like <laughs> it would be awesome. That'd be, that would I mean, be who knows? Sick. I'm sure it, maybe that's what happens. I don't even know. It, there's it, like no, 100 Saw happened. movies, right? So there's 10 of them plus a spinoff. Let's so. see. Best. What are, what are the best rated Saw movies? I think ranked? this one and the second one are the best. <laughs> so the second one, though, maybe. I think Saw 2 is supposed to be good ish. Um, but I, I I haven't seen it. Yeah. Number one, critic consensus is Saw X. Is that that's out the yet? new that's the newest one that just came out. Yeah. Huh. But well, I mean, apparently believe? there's there's another one that came out in 2021. Some other spiral. That's called Spiral. Yeah, it's yeah. the spinoff that I was talking about. Yeah, with Chris Rock, which I don't think was well received. But oh, yeah, this one. Yeah, so Saw what? Two's plot. I'm just. I just want to read it. I want to see if I was close to what they did here. You're not. I'm. Uh... <laughs> oh, but that would have been so good, right? Uh, so it's like a detective and a vigilante are trying to save eight people who are stuck in a house before they get killed by these different devices. Yeah, I mean, so almost you know one location kind of. Yeah, I guess it's yeah, it's close-ish. It's close-ish. Yeah, they're trying to save people in in the house and. Yeah, it's not as good as my idea. No, I know? I agree. I agree. So and I imagine- guess Saw X. I haven't, you know, it, I haven't had the chance to see. It. I don't think I will, but you know, if it, maybe I will. Um, apparently, it takes place in between Saw One and Saw Two, which is kind of interesting. So there's some that you know, there's it's going back to the roots of of Saw One, which which I like. Um, it this I will tell you. The sequels get extremely wacky, as in like he's he's dying and he's coming back to life. It's like doing a whole <laughs> shenanigans thing. It's it is crazy. Yeah, the sequels are insane. But it's the it's 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 the early two thousand into the 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 teens thing that happens. Like you have, it, it was like it was like the the like ten twenty tens era. Like oh, we're actually. I bet you didn't think we were going to make a 
eighth movie, did you? And we're gonna go crazy with it, you know? Like I, I could have swore there was a Saw movie every year for like <laughs> ten years. I mean, I like it was it was a. Um, I know you remember Blockbuster, right? Did your parents go to Blockbuster? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I remember every year there was a new one where my parents were like, "Oh no, don't look at that." There's a there's yep. a dismembered foot on on the cover. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, <laughs> dang. If I could write, if I could write Saw, you know, I'm just saying the audience would have a lot of fun. No, I, I just yeah. I, I think that would be so cool. Imagine, you know, like he's he's actually an old man. Like this is how I'd write it. Right? He's an old man. He hasn't been caught or killed, and he wants to just get the chair. He's like, I've done enough evil. He's like, but you're going to have to earn it, <laughs> and I'll, I've already pre-cuffed myself. Uh, you're just going to have to come to this house, and so the SWAT team rolls up, you know. Uh, it's <laughs> they like have to the go end. through all the booby traps. Yeah, but, but he also is working with like, like a knockoff Elon Musk, uh, acted by... He's acted by uh, the guy in Iron Man 3. You know, who is that guy? Uh, <laughs> I, I would have I cast... Guy uh, Pierce? Guy Pierce as a knockoff <laughs> Elon Musk. And he creates jigsaw robots. So the SWAT team has to have, like, ads to kill, you know? Like, things, like just robots piling out of the closet. And they're like, shoot him, light him up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be fun, right? Do All it. Right. Well. All right. Okay. So yeah, the movie uh, does. The, people have well, plot wait, armor. Wait. wait. Right? So we're we're going back. To, we're going back to this this sequence where um, he uh, they go in. They you know they find the man who is trapped inside this death machine, and they decide to throw the the blanket back <laughs> over him. <laughs> <laughs> because you know it's better for their for their scene or whatever. Yeah, this um, is. The, I mean, the movie goes real Saturday morning cartoon, like for totally this scene. one hundred percent. Yeah, which <laughs> which I liked, and I could see people enjoying for sequels too. No, um, I I liked that too. I liked how um, how Scooby Doo this this whole sequence is. It is kind of hilarious, um, you know. And then, uh, Danny Glover's partner. Um, you know he's uh, throat slit. You know bleeding out on the floor, Danny Glover. and uh, yeah. and and so he's you know he throws the shotgun to his partner, um, and, who decides to go after uh, Jigsaw, and he he shoots him square in the back uh, with the <laughs> shotgun. Uh, but for some reason, I guess he walks forward into the booby trap where literally eighteen shotguns <laughs> shoot down on his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the yeah, most yeah. amazing sequence ever put to put to film, um, where he just you know his his head explodes, the blood goes all over the wall. Danny Glover comes down the staircase and and looks at the horrifying scene that yeah, uh, holding that his happened. holding his is he even holding his neck at that point. He is, yeah, he's okay. no, he is, yeah, he's injured, you know, he's in, and then and then Jigsaw opens the heavy metal door and he walks out of the place like nothing <laughs> ever happened. Yeah, the uh, the the shotgun the shotgun death from above, like I was like, 
I feel like this has happened to me in video games so many times. Like when I'm playing a game and it's like you just insta die and you're like, oh, okay, you know. Yeah, uh, it, it is like a Last of Us sequence. Like it's very, you know, you can see that happening in that in that game. But oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> no, so I mean the Jigsaw gets away right, and then they kind of establish that uh, Danny Glover. He 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 leaves the force because he's kind of losing it. He's obsessed with trying to catch uh, Jigsaw, right? Uh, and he plays a part in in the end finale. Um, but other than that, everything else pertains to our two characters who are locked in in the room from the start. Yeah, uh, let's talk about them a little bit, Cameron. We have a doctor who's trying to figure out why he's there. He kind of seems like a a good smart dude from the beginning. And then you have sort of the edgy early 2000s punk who's like, I hate everything, you know, and I'm also a loser and a wimp at the same time. (laughs) And uh, he's he's chained in there with him. What I really liked about the way they introduced them is uh, from the get go, the filmmakers know that you are trying to figure out if they're in on it. Um, Mm. Yeah. And I was like, this movie um, is going to have a twist, and I think I know it. You know, that's kind of how I felt when this movie started. Um, I was not right about the twist. Mm. My jaw hit the floor when the twist happened. It is an amazing twist. It's Uh, really good. (laughs) And, uh, I love I I loved it. I I think that that bumped the movie score up for me personally like at least another grade up, you know. 100%. Um, yeah, for me too. I mean, I I will happily admit that this movie is like mediocre until like the last 10 minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. The I last mean, 10 minutes are amazing. Yeah, it really cranks it up to 11. Um so our two characters slowly over the course of the movie, uh, there are two things that are happening. One, they are piecing together how they got there in the first place. Two, we learn about what they do and what kind of business they're in, bad Mm -hmm. business. And we learn about how their paths have crossed uh, before and they do have a connection, which I think is, is... That's a good... Um, new level of spice added two thirds into the movie that it's like, oh, like actually, this is this is getting pretty good, right? This is there's something I'm really beginning to like about this. Um, and the other element is how how they're they're attempting to escape uh, this room as they're stuck. So there's a camaraderie and a little bit of a um, distrust and like a begrudging sense of, of companionship where they're like, well, we have to figure this out. There's uh, also they... uh, a totally like um, there's an aspect to their relationship that is set up from the beginning where the doctor is tasked with killing Adam, uh, you right. know, who, who, you know, is the loser guy. Um, and you know, from the beginning, you kind of have the sense that like, okay, the doctor is probably a good guy. He's not going to kill Adam. You know, he doesn't want to kill Adam. Um, there's a sense where, you know, there's even this, the, this sequence where he, you know, basically has Adam fake his death, 
Um, and you know, it's like kind of silly, kind of ridiculous. Um, but in a, in a way there's something very, um, like wholesome where throughout the movie you, you're like, yeah, this guy is a good guy. He, he has a sense of right and wrong. He doesn't want to kill someone, you know, just to get it out. It's, it's like this very like principled dude. And then as you learn more about him, as you learn, you know, you find out more about what he's doing, you know, you find out about the coworker that he's like kind of maybe having a thing with. And then, you know, and then Adam is, is following him. He's paid to follow him. Um, and he's, you know, y- you get all these, all these pieces of information that color your, um, your frame of reference for who this guy is. He's not just a surgeon who, you know, is, is volunteering his time to, to save children, basically, you know, he's, he's a little more, more, you know, flawed as a character. Um, and then we, we get, you know, the sequence where, um, you know, he's, I guess, finally tempted over the line, I guess. Well, maybe, maybe we can get to that in a little bit, but, um, in terms of, of his character, I, I like that they've set up that, um, he is a good guy, but he also has this incentive to kill, um, you know, the other person in, in the room. And the incentive is they're going to kill his family basically. So right. know, he, he has, uh, um, he has these two conflicting things going on, I guess, which to me, I don't know. I have a hard time saying like, yeah, I'm not just, shooting Adam to kill my or to save my family like it's a little hard to you know but also I like that they they've put the nuance in his character that um he doesn't he's a little disconnected in his life right yeah he's disconnected from his wife from his daughter he kind of ignores them a little bit and that's part of the reason why he's I guess he's contemplating so much is like, they're kind of on the fritz. Um, he, he, he doesn't, he doesn't exactly, you know, he seems happy, but he might not be all that happy. He's, he's like looking for something else, um, which is, you know, essentially why he's targeted. So, yeah. Yeah. They do a great job introducing these different levels of, of tension for, at first it's distrust with them. Uh, and, I know this is a small detail and maybe this is over reading into it, but I kind of like how their appearance gets worse and worse throughout the movie up mm-hmm. until the end. Um, I don't even know what is on them at some points. Like they're like, they're like sweating out dough or something. Like, I don't even know what's happening. They, uh, it looks like they're like covered in flour, but I think it's, <laughs> it's like, um, it's like dirt and grime and like white, like grout, like things like that. That's like just gross in the room. You know? Yeah. Like just rolling around in the, in the like gross tiles and stuff. Yeah. I think it, I think it's done as like, as we learn more about their flaws and their issues, they're, they're looking worse and worse as it goes mm-hmm. along. Um, nothing overly complicated, but it really serves to kind of help the audience be like, well, at first they're kind of clean slate and they just don't trust each other. Um, and then as the movie progresses, like the first thing that they realize is like, 
okay, there's a clock ticking down and they get those tapes, right? They each have a tape and it kind of tells them you're here because you suck. You know, you don't value your life that much. Uh, Here's what's going to go on, you know. Adam, you are, you know, (laughs) you're basically just stuck here because you don't even want to live. And then uh, to the doctor, they're like, you like your family, you're going to kill Adam, right? So now now they're like, okay, well, shoot, we still got to, we can't, I can't even really kill you, you know, like we still have to figure out how to get out of here, you know, and I don't want to do that. Um, and yeah, and then they, they start to discover little clues and hints from digging around the, the toilet that's right next to you to find, uh, you know, a clue. And what, and the, and the first thing they pull out of the toilet is those rusty saws. So of course they're trying to cut the chains, but that doesn't work. And then they're like, Oh my goodness, he wants us to cut off our foot. No, we're not going to do that. Uh, to revealing like he there, the guy gets angry and then some of the mirror falls off. Oh, somebody's watching us with the camera. Uh, it's double sided, right? So now they're yelling at him about stuff. And then they try to outsmart the camera because, um, you know, they're like, well, I have to kill you. Maybe we can like kind of fake your death. Uh, there's the glow in the dark thing where they have to shut off the lights to, to break into a wall that's loose and find some other thing in there. And, uh, lots of cool stuff as they get different devices, like, uh, the phone that can be called by the home intruder that has the wife and kids like that makes it a lot worse. Um, all those little things. And, and you find out over time that uh, the doctor's home is being investigated by uh, Danny Glover because he thought the doctor was Jigsaw. So yeah. we have uh, Danny Glover as a crazy man uh, watching the home. And you kind of piece together his story throughout the movie. But uh, you do know he's watching the home from pretty early on. He is aware of the home invasion and the capturing of the wife and kids. Um, and he eventually goes in there to try to save them, um, which is pretty cool. The invader, uh, so yeah, let's, let's talk about the scariest stuff in the, in the movie, which I think is, is home invasion. I think home invasion (laughs) is just the worst in this movie. Uh, Whether it's, whether it's Adam's, Adam's thing with the flat, I I love his, uh, camera flash. Oh, it's Uh, so good. It's that, that, see, this movie does it so right and so wrong, like both times. Um, it's it's really weird. So like I love um I love how scary the sequences with the daughter are when you know you know, there's a man in my room, you know, blah oh, blah yeah. blah. Um like that's freaky and it in a good way, where it's like it's leaving the imprint in your mind. You know, there's like this uh this sense of of danger there's the sense that someone is in the room um oh and then it goes opening shot i hate the opening shot on the daughter in the bed do you know what i'm talking about yeah where it just zooms in no 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 no. the camera starts at the base of the bed Mm -hmm. right so yeah yeah it's lifting up and then it reveals the girl in her bed but then it just keeps going up and the camera keeps looming over her getting bigger like taller and taller till you're directly over her and i was like oh it's like monsters inc there's like something about it that is just i don't like it like something under the bed kind of oh i I just it's freaking me out right but in Uh, in a way it's really good it's like it has that visceral like 
Um, which, which that, that scene before the actual, like him abduct, abducting them, all of those scenes are actually really like scary in a good way. You know what I mean? Like they have that sense of, um, of danger. They're, they're very, um, the structure of that scene is, you know, you, you have the, the stuff with the daughter, um, she, you don't see anything, you know, there's nothing in the periphery or anything. Um, it's really just focused on the daughter, but because it's, it takes so long and, and there's this sort of looming sense, it feels really intense and scary. And then she goes into the, um, to the mom's room and, and she says, there's a man in my room, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then you, um, there's like this psychological shift where, uh, you know, uh, the doctor goes in, he turns on the lights, you know, he like massages her feet or whatever. You know, he's like, he's like putting her back to bed and, you know, being very gentle with her and, and the colors are yellow and warm and there's this, you know, sense of safety again. Um, and then, and then, you know, they cut, uh, he, he turns off the lights and, and leaves and, um, and they cut the scene but really it's it's you know there's that next sequence where um there is something really bad in the room right that you know it fulfills on the promise i guess of um of of the danger looming there and then after that <laughs> you get this extended sequence of them being tied up and him, you know, psychologically torturing the the wife and the kids, which is totally unnecessary. It yeah. feels like so, um, yeah, it's so grotesque. I, I don't even, for one, it makes the plot even worse. Because if Zepp is doing this, like, why is he having fun, like, torturing them? It doesn't even make sense. It, yeah. It, like, <laughs> it, has, it has zero relevance other than just being... Um, you know, and and I think that's probably what gives the movie more of it like an ick, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it's like if there's that's I mean that's why I keep bringing up seven is that there is a gross, dark side, but nothing in that movie feels out of place. And yeah. what's weird for a movie about people being tortured to their death, this seems out of place, right? Like. This seems like it's super what? out of place. Yeah, yeah, it's like why is this here, right? It feels like there's something wrong with the people that made the movie in that moment, um, or there's just something wrong with, uh, like, because at first I was like, why am I so disturbed? Like, is it like this is the only scene, or this is the only scene in the movie where the people are acting correctly? And then I looked at the daughter <laughs> and I was like, no, like the daughter's not really acting that well, you know? Like, I just, I was like, I just don't think it's. Right. You know, it kind of makes your blood boil. And so, I mean, it's not like a, I could see how some people are like, ah, it just, you know, it's, but there, there are, mo- there are moments in the movie where you're like, why is this still going on? You know, like, uh, this is like so weird. Um, I don't quite get I, it. I really think this is just like that scene where Zap is, is like, you know, like putting the heartbeat the st- uh, stethograph or whatever what is it called um yeah stethoscope or steth- yeah stethoscope and like 
like playing with the gun against their head. Like, I think that's just the worst scene in the movie. Like, I think it has mm. no, um, really n- not a lot of relevance. It's not even that scary. It's just kind of gross. Like there's, there's nothing really, uh, valuable about that scene. And I think in, I think you can make an argument for literally every other scene in the movie where it makes sense. There's something like thematic going on or there's, there's something interesting character wise, maybe not the guy who sets himself on fire, but that's just cause it's sort of, sort of dumb and silly. But even then it, you know, it's not even that bad. I really um, think this movie could have been 20 minutes shorter uh, and it would have been almost perfect. Maybe not 20, maybe like 10. Yeah. 10 minutes shorter, right? No, not even that. Or an hour and 33. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, like 10 minutes shorter, maybe. Um, I, th- I think you're right. But I, I just think that there are some parts of the movie that, like, so many flashbacks, right? I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> let's just totally. let's get on with this, right? But I do agree with you. The last, the last 15, 20 minutes gets really good. Uh, let's talk about the resolution and the twist here. Well, I guess before that, um, we we just sort of briefly mentioned the home invasion scene with uh, um, with Adam, but I think that that one actually really is very good. It's scary. It's simple. Um, there's a great payoff with it, um, where you know he's. Uh, you know, he opens the door and, you know, the thing jumps out. I think it, I think that is basically like the perfect scene in terms of like a movie like this, um, being scary and, um, having something interesting going on there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I will, I do want to say like jig, the jigsaw doll, I kind of wanted more of him, which (laughs) I was surprised about. Uh, cause I, I was like, I don't really get it. You know, I know this character from pop culture, right? From Call um, of Duty. <laughs> yeah. From Call of Duty. Yeah. There's just, uh, he's got like, he's got that great moment on the couch where Adam's beating him with a bat. He's like, shut up. You know, uh, I thought his scene where he comes in on the bike as well was is really good. <laughs> yeah. I thought that, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I know. I know. In Call of Duty, it's a dude wearing a mask, and usually you see him running around with a Kimbo pistols. But <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Like, I kind of wanted to. Like, why wasn't? Why was he wearing the Emperor Palpatine garb? Like, he could have had the mask. That would have been dope, you know. Uh, but I just think that they didn't realize how popular the doll thing was going to be. Yeah, um, and I think I think in some ways, like it, maybe it's more silly if he's wearing a mask. Though a paper mache doll with like his his cheeks, you know, in makeup is like kind of silly too. But I I I don't know. I I kind of like its use here. I feel like yeah. Every time you see it, it's like ominous. Um, you know, it has a little like mystique to it. When he beats the doll, there's like something interesting where it's 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 just the projection of of you know the actual threat. You know, there's something there's something um, kind of cool about that. I guess I I like I like how, um, yeah, I I like how it's used in the movie, and I I think in the same way that Jaws, you know, 
lightly uses Bruce, the shark. Mm, I like yeah. that it lightly uses the doll and doesn't overuse it. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Very, very true. Very, very true. So let's see. Wrapping up, Danny Glover sees the gunshots go Barges off in. in the house because the wife is able to untie herself. She's supposed to die because they run out of time in the room to get out. Um, and she, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Vaz? Zep. 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 Yeah. yeah. She, she is able to disarm Zep and hold him at gunpoint. Uh, he is then goes into a struggle and that's how the guns go off. Danny Glover, who's monitoring the house is like, all right, let's go. So he goes in there. I thought his, uh, his entry in the house was so dumb and funny. He was like, like what's going on? Like, like he's like totally lost. And, 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 and so the movie's kind of picking up a little bit, um, you know, um, over the phone, the wife is telling the doctor that, you know, like she's supposed to say like, you're out of time. So that's all he hears from her. You're out of time. And then, and then the gunshots and the struggle. Yeah, he hears the gunshots yeah. and the struggle. So <clears throat> doctor starts freaking out. He starts losing it, right? Uh, and then as we're getting uh, Danny Glover break, breaking in there, um, uh, Zep, is it, what's his name? I Zep. Zep. <laughs> Zep uh, in the struggle gets stabbed with scissors. He also gets shot at some point. Uh, and, and so you're kind of like, yeah, this is Jigsaw because he's apparently invincible, you know? Um, Zep runs out to the car. You get this so weird, like crazy editing. Like they're in a wacky car chase. <laughs> <laughs> Zep is like flooring it and they're like screaming like, ah! Like they're like going what's full so, speed. You know what's so funny about it too is it r- totally reminds me of of uh, <laughs> oh, this is like so hard to say. This totally reminds me of of Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something about it where it's like it's like sped up. It it also feel that that car chase scene feels like it's on acid or something. I don't know what's yeah. going on there. It's on Monster Energy drink. Yeah, okay? Monster Energy. There's a green hue, right? <laughs> they get back to the some kind of layer, or it, it looks just like Jigsaw's layer, but I, I don't know. Not, it's not right. I don't think it is. No, it's where they're they're holed up. It's where the oh um, the two characters are. Oh right. Okay. Sorry. Uh, so are they? back at the original place that this, his buddy dies? Because it looks just like that. That's what I'm saying. Oh. Um, I think they only had one It's not super clear. I don't... <laughs> I, yeah, it's not super clear. I don't think they uh, they ever explain if, if they're in that, like, warehouse thing. I assume it's not, only because it wouldn't make sense for him to to continue to be at that warehouse if... Danny Glover knows literally right, let, where that let, warehouse let's not, is. Let's not sit on it too long, all right? So they're <laughs> okay. not at the same warehouse, even though it looks like the same warehouse. <laughs> and uh, Danny Glover gets in a struggle with Zep. Zep shoots him in the chest in their struggle, uh, and Danny Glover somehow died. I don't know how he died from that. <laughs> Come on. Um, so he dies. Zep shows up. What's been going on? What have we been cross-cutting from? 
The doctor loses it because he thinks his wife and kids are dead. He uh, has a full mental freak out. This is where the movie is turned up, right? You have the crazy driving, the home invasion struggle, and then the doctor ties his leg and he starts cutting he his starts foot hacking off. it off. And you Which know, it- you you know it's coming, but the the fact that they held off towards the end, I thought was very good. Yeah. Um, and and the, the you see one little bit of it hitting the skin, but they don't really cut to a full severing, which I was very grateful for. Thank exactly. goodness. Exactly. They do uh, the thing. They do the thing that we're always talking about, which is, you know, implying, not showing. You know, there's right. there's a there's a moment. There's even two shots. There's two cuts where he's, you know, sawing into his leg, but it's pretty tame. And, you know, even just the implication of it is very um, disturbing. It's disturbing enough to 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 make you feel it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you do you do feel it. I mean, there's something about it. I, I when I was watching it, I was like, there's just a there's like a I, there's like a stench. Like I'm feeling a stench or something. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Like it's like it's like too but but it's also like the other thing I appreciated is that it goes full um like Evil Dead 2 in a way. And that's totally. in that yeah. moment. It's not like it's not like it's not like the scene with the, the, the wife and daughter where you're like, I'm disturbed. It's more like we're doing this, you know, like we're, <laughs> we're, we're like, he's got the, the, the guy from princess diaries has got the crazy eyes, you know? Yeah. Like, you know? And, and the Adam's like, no, like stop, please. You know, it's like so ridiculous. Um, and then once he, he finally like, he, he, he cuts it. He he crawls over, completely lost it. Loads the bullet in the gun uh, from the guy that's on the ground, and Adam's like, "You're at like uh, does he he? It doesn't make sense because he's out of time, but he's just lost it, right?" I know there. This is uh, it. Kind of breaks down because it literally doesn't make any sense. Why would he shoot Adam now after he thinks his his you know, wife and kids are dead or wife and kid is, is dead. Like I doesn't really make a ton of sense, but, um, you know, you can forgive it in the fact that he's, he's lost it. He's upset. He wants to get out. You know, there's something, there's something to that, I guess. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So he shoots him. Then, uh, Zep opens the door with the gun Mm, and Zep walks over, kicks the body of Adam and he says it doesn't matter doctor you're out of time I don't make the rules you know yeah or or the rules there that, are rules that's that's the rules yeah yeah that's the rules and um he point he points the gun at the doctor and then suddenly Adam springs to life uh apparently he was only shot in the shoulder again these he's characters are invincible <laughs> yeah he's got the plot armor uh Adam whacks uh Zep beats him with the toilet seat or something like that. <laughs> it may be the most grotesque scene in the film. I mean, I mean, him, again, they don't they him, don't show too much, but he no, it's just but the, him the wailing camera. on him, and it just yeah. you know, there's something, there's something, uh, yeah, there's something grotesque about it. It's weird. I was that. thinking about the fight scene in Mission Impossible. In the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, in the bathroom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so then it's the two guys completely tired. Doctor's missing his foot. 
He also has the worst powder makeup on to make him look really bad. <laughs> and uh, he's like, he's like, I'm going to go get help. Like, don't, don't like, don't worry. I'm not going to leave you here, you know? And this is where I'm like, this is it. This is the twist, you know? Mm. I was like, he, the doctor, like, he made the rules, you know? Like, he knows. <laughs> uh, and Oh, um, so you thought it was the doctor? Yeah. Okay. And so he, I think that he, was the that's like the leading like you know that's that's where the movie is kind of pointing in a lot of ways. Yes, so, yes. Yeah. The doctor hobbles out uh and Adam is just completely distraught. He's still locked in there, you know. He's got he's got he doesn't know what happens. Like he like he's stuck there alone and this is like the jaw drop moment. The dead body in the middle of the room <laughs> stands up. <laughs> Which is just it is what, awesome. What's awesome? It is so good because it's been there from the beginning, right? Um, and it's right in front of your face. I don't know if this movie has any sort of like hints about it, um, but it just works so well for where the movie's at at that point. Um, it does have hints, and I'll talk about it after. But yeah, continue. So then. Like, Adam's just lost at that point. He's just, he's like, what? You know, the guy pulls the makeup off the back of his head, which which (laughs) was for you to assume that he shot himself. Do they show the jigsaw in the back of his head or something? Uh, I didn't know. I didn't catch that. But I thought he had it, like, engraved or, like, stamped on him somewhere. I don't Um, think. Oh, uh, does he? I don't think he does. Maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe I'm just making up stuff. Um, but he, then he, he kind of reveals, like, they have all these flashbacks. Like, oh, like, I it's the rules, right? And and the idea that he likes a front row seat to his, his yeah. games, right? Um, and uh, he tells Adam that the key to his chain is in the tub. Um, but... I don't, I don't, I don't understand that because he he doesn't have it or. Well, the first shot of the movie. This is this is super interesting. The first shot of the movie, it opens in the bathtub, um, yeah, and his face is there, um, and then there's a reverse shot of something going down the drain, mm. and that's the key. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know why I must have missed the first shot of this movie, Cameron. Because I should have restarted it. Because we started watching the first two minutes, and I just hit oh play yeah yeah when yeah. I resumed it. So dang, that's what I missed. That, it's right. kind of a it's it's a light detail. Like it's it's one of those things where, um, I think that's why one of the other reasons it gives this movie you know interesting not staying power, but you know there's something interesting about it. Like there's yeah he wakes up. Um, I'm watching him now. He wakes up. The there's like a couple shots of the drain, and then the light. Um, you know, it it goes down the drain, and it's a very just mm. like a minor shot. Um, and you know, there's there's basically, you know, basically he's saying like, yeah, you're you're out of luck. <laughs> there's yeah, there's no way out of here. Yeah, and and then he kind of like shuts him in, and Adam's screaming and. Uh, like you were talking about last week, um, or some, I think it was you talking about last week, where uh, we were talking about happy endings in horror movies. 
Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this movie is pretty unhappy, but at least there's some victory uh, against um, Z- uh, Zep. Zep, Zep yeah. is like really, uh, you just don't like him because of the home invasion stuff, I think. Um, and it was good to see Zep get it in a way because you're like, he's just so bad, you know? Um, yeah, but, well, we, we forgot to mention that his part in this game and why he's being uh, put up to, you know, kidnap and torture and murder a family is um, he has slow-acting poison that's going through his veins that I guess, you know, he's given the antidote after he, you know, he kills this family. But basically, yeah. his, he's being used as a pawn, essentially. It's a, yeah. it's a, little, it's a little silly, and, and I don't know that... that that's, this is where it, like, breaks down a little bit. It's not, it's not perfect, because, like I said, um, him, like, torturing the wife and the kids is... Is wacky. It doesn't even make it's sense. It's like it's like so inhumane. You're like, how? And like, if even just to if get an antidote, bro. Like, it would have been more interesting if he was like apologetic. apologetic. Yeah, one hundred percent. It would have been much more interesting, but it wouldn't have worked. Well, I still think it would have worked because it's character. well, it's trying to it's trying to set it up that he's the killer. That's the thing. Yeah, but it's still but but, but it makes he mo- was a, if he was phil- philosophical, right? Like I don't want to. Like do I this. have to do this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. Then it would have it would have worked still. So yeah, it it is a, it was a weird decision to do that. Yeah, super um, terrible. I mean, it's the worst. Yeah, like I said, worst part of this movie doesn't even make sense. It's bad, um, and it uh, is awful to watch. Basically, so yeah, yeah. It does does too many things wrong. But, but in the, you, I mean. You were talking about the the ending of of horror movies, and we were talking about victory. Um, but you also said something last week that I think is really good, which is which Jaws did not have, which is some horror movies have like this lingering, like sort of like, but you never know. Mm-hmm. Alien doesn't do that, right? Um, it's just like there's something about that last little stinger in a horror movie that I think can can kind of excite the audience for something else to come or, or keep them thrilled by what happened. And I feel like this movie's ending... Um, first of all, I think Adam does a great job of being that character that's not super likable, mm-hmm. but also like you, you do want to see him through his journey. And even though he doesn't make it out of this game or whatever, like it's good that he's there from the start and the beginning. Yeah. Uh, And then the, like the kind of the doctor gets away, but he does not. Um, I don't know. It does that sort of thing that you're like, Oh, like, you know, like there's, uh, there's more thrill out there, right? There's something, there's something to that. Yeah. Well, Um, I mean, Jigsaw, he gets away, you know? And, and that's the interesting thing is like at this point, you think Jigsaw's dead because Zep, you know, you're you're led to believe Zep is is the guy, you know, um, and he's been bashed in the face uh, by a big toilet seat, you know. He's 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 a goner, you know. He, there's yeah. no way he's coming back. Um, but that that amaz- thats why the um, 
him, you know, the dead body waking up in the middle is just so awesome. It's so good uh, because it, it does that thing that we were talking about where it, it leaves the door open. Also, it's, it's a crazy shot, too. It's so scary. I don't know if you like picked up on this, but he's like looking at the tape. He's he's like, you know, worried. Adam, you know, is in the foreground and he, he kind of like looks up and then the body just appears in the background and you're like, Oh my goodness. There's like something that's like, that's like, it's, it's, there's just so, it's so good. It's Um, like the, it's the lean in horror thing. Um, that parasite did for me. mm, It's like when you see the eyes in parasite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a scene that you're like, Oh my gosh. Like it's like, it's, I, I don't know. Like it's that is the electric uh, thing that horror has over almost any other genre. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's the the reveal. Um, I don't even think mystery movies do it as good as horror movies do it. Right. No, not at all. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I think it's it's something something really special. Um. I'm trying to show another movie that does this thing where it's like the threat's still there at the end, but like there was still the win, you know, I, I think about, um, I know we're talking a little bit about Jennifer's body. I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure it does something like that where it's like, you know, we won, but also, you know, who has, well, I think, yeah, I think of Carrie as like an example of that. Yeah. Um, uh, How's the Shining end? Spoilers. Uh, the Shining ends with, uh, yeah, sorry, spoilers. Um, you know, so they it ends with the, um, so he his face is frozen. You know, he's in the in the maze, right? And then it does a zoom in shot of him. The Shining is is kind of different because it it works outside of the genre in a lot of ways, but it does that zoom in shot of um of the party of like 1921 or something um and it's it's Jack Nicholson it right in the middle of the party um like 50 or 80 years or whatever 50 years before um the events of of the movie take place basically so it's it's a it's a like question it it still ends in that question space where it's like wait, he was always there or like, what's, what's going on? You know, it asks more questions than it answers. And I think yeah, that's kind I, of the, the thrill, what we're looking for is like, it, it asks another question at the end rather than answers all the questions, I guess. Yes, yes, yes. I remember this now. Oh yes. I love, I love the shining. It's so good. <laughs> I, that movie is, uh, I think about it so much, actually. Mm. Mm. <laughs> There's so much about it. Is that it your that favorite I... Kubrick? No, no. It is not my favorite Kubrick. Barry Lyndon is your favorite Kubrick. <laughs> I recently am like, I'm a big Kubrick fan. Yeah, Ooh, I know that that's... that's you're in uh, that stage of, of I'm in that stage. learning about film. <laughs> yeah, I'm in that stage. Um, that's so funny. Yeah, I you were a think big Kubrick hater. I I want you to know, remember this. You were a big Kubrick hater. When when was I hating him the most? Tell me that. When we were in Kubrick month, and you were like, I can't take it anymore. 
the, there is a lot of it, it's a lot of work. I would say The Shining is not that much work. Um, but I disagree with you. I I remember my reviews are somewhat positive. Okay, I mean The Shining positive. Barry Lyndon, come on, so good. I even liked A Space Odyssey before you did. Mm-hmm. I feel like okay. The first time I watched it, I was into it. I was like, yeah, this is good. I watched it with my dad. He was like, this is so boring. Watched the whole thing together. And he was like, yep, that's a classic. And I was like, what the <laughs> heck, dude? You know? <laughs> I was like, you told me it was going to suck. You know? It was not that bad. Um, and then I was supposed to hate Eyes Wide Shut, but I think it's I think it's great. I, I, I think it's you really hated, good. Uh, you hated, uh, what's it called? Um, Clockwork. Clockwork. Clockwork, yeah. Yeah, yeah but uh, come on. You know, <laughs> that that movie does some somewhat of the same thing that this movie does, but times 10, you know, where it's like, why, you know? Okay, Saw has zero rape in it, okay? Yeah. Zero rape. So. Well, I said times 10, okay? Yeah. Times 10. <laughs> I'm just saying, so. like, this this movie is tame compared to Clockwork Orange, I guess, in that realm, you know? Yes, yes. 100%. 100%. Though, you know, more graphic and gory, but, you know, less less rape. Which is a, a good a good thing in my book, I guess. Yes, um, I mean I don't want to see that stuff. Although, our again our discussion on Clockwork probably one of our best episodes, and one of it's very sad that, that movie. It's very sad that that movie is not discussed for its ending, and it's only mm. discussed for its beginning. But I understand mm. why. And I and I do stand by my thoughts on it. Whereas you should not watch this movie uh, because you're not going to take it. You're not going to like. I feel like it's it's one of those things that people really just don't approach and 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 think about. Right? I don't know take what it seriously. is. Take yeah, seriously. they don't take it yeah. seriously. There's something going on. With, they're either like, oh, this is so wacky and artistic and and just so edge breaking or then there's the people that are like it's justified and and uh i really feel like it's bad and um deep at the same time so Mm. um unlike this movie which is good and shallow (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i think that's a good way to a good way to end our discussion on it cameron but um, one final thing about why this movie should stand the test of time and deserves the ten movie franchise that it it has been has been uh, laid out before it. Although I would have taken the franchise in a very different direction. Uh, <laughs> I um I think that this movie has a creative beauty. And and a um, driving passion that is seen in the details from the beginning until the end. Uh, as a matter of fact, it does a super fast flash cut of all the little details that it's proud of in its last moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does a montage uh, to say we are super happy with what we put together. The editor was like, "Wow, you know," in its last moments of this movie, and. Um, it's not profound. It's just, it's just barely good, you know? <laughs> and 
for a movie true. like this to be good is a big victory, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I, I really, I think my, my happiest response is it wasn't as uh, disgusting and horrifying as I thought, although there were some bits. The, the parts that were not the most horrifying, or the parts that I thought were going to be the most horrifying were uh, more fun. And the the part that was disturbing was like why you know like why is yeah, this here yeah. you know um, do I recommend it eh, if you like horror movies and I know that our producer Darren O'Neill absolutely loves this movie I know it he's no doubt huge, about it yeah he's a huge Escape Room fan Darren come on you should have just told us to watch this movie sooner you know as a producer I mean. He's got it. He's probably seen them all. I bet you he's hyped for for Saw X. I'm positive. No, I'm gonna be honest. Like this is this is a movie that reminds me of Darren. It reminds me of Escape Rooms. Like yep. this is this is one where I'm like, th- I I understand the feeling of like the Escape Room hype. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's it's in some ways it's because of this movie because I saw this movie when you know when I was in high school and it was like scary but also intriguing. There's also that that game. Um, I think it's called Danganronpa. Yeah, um, <laughs> where you're you're in a, it basically in a big escape room uh, with a bunch of other people. It's a video game, um, and there's this uh, there's this bear who's you know basically taking the place of uh, of of Jigsaw. You know, it's it's a very similar concept. Um, you know, and so like there's. There is something timeless about this idea, whether or not it does it the best. I I wonder if this could be done in a way that was like elevated, right? Like if the escape room killer idea could be like taken to its its best degree. Um, this I would say is is a really good version of that. I think it totally loses the plot in its sequels. Um, and you know, for the most part, I think, I think it does a really good job of fulfilling on that promise. And then for me, that final reveal is so cool. It's so like genuinely like one of the better twist endings of any movie that I've seen. Totally. Um, Totally. It just has, it has this, um, yeah, the power of that reveal is is awesome, and that that's why for me I think that it leaves like it leaves an impression on me, um, and it's it's why I wanted to watch it with you, and um, you know part of the reason why I think it it should be in in the canon in terms of um, you know these horror movies like I think this one. A lot of people take Saw as like a silly franchise that's just, you know, terrible and worthless. Um, this movie out of any of them is totally worthwhile watching if you like this this kind of, um, you know, this kind of movie. So, or that, and, that would and, be that, my and, recommendation. and that's the other thing that I that I want to see is that when you think about Saw as a movie, most people, even if you like horror, I bet you you've seen. Hereditary. I bet you you've seen uh, these other crazy horror movies, uh, and you're like, "Oh, I couldn't do Saw." You know, I come on. 
you know, slow down a little bit there. Like, like if you if you've already watched some of these crazy horror movies that are like genuinely disturbing and whatnot, this movie is not that. Uh, if you don't usually watch movies like this, yeah, you're gonna be disturbed. <laughs> like, you know, again, that's why I say like where I recommend Seven. If you want to take on something that's a little more intense, although Seven might. <laughs> Seven might actually make you very depressed, you know. I mean that that's that's the Batman, but better, you know. Seven's a more depressing movie than this is, I would say. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He has like an indictment of all humanity in the end of seven. <laughs> I don't know. You know? I mean, it does it, Cameron? Do you remember the ending? Yeah, it does. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it does. It literally does. He says, uh, what's the, uh, the Hemingway quote? He says, uh, um, all people are, are good and worth fighting for. And I believe in the last part of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, but it's kind of a positive, I mean, geez, another spoiler. Uh, it's positive for Morgan Freeman's character. He's been in the dumps the whole time, you know? He's he's got hope. Oh no, he says he says the world is a fine place and worth fighting for. I agree with the second part. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, okay, never mind. <laughs> Seven's still good. It's uh, it's Seven's amazing. Good. It's a great yeah. it's a great movie. Yeah. It's yeah. way better than Saw, okay? We got to yes. admit this. It's yes. way better than Saw. But Saw's not bad. It's pretty good. I'm watching the uh, the Saw X trailer. Um, I'm really not digging this, you know. The Saw X trailer. This is really. This just seems yucky, you know. This just seems like the horror movie trailer that I would not want to watch <laughs> in the theater. Uh, but I'm telling you, you know, let me direct Saw Eleven. I'll put it together for you guys. Yeah, I don't. Right. I don't have a ton of interest in in Saw X, to be honest. Um, though I do want to mention uh, James Wan, the director, also yeah. d- the director of Aquaman, um, <laughs> and uh, Furious Seven. Um, so oh. you know, he ended up doing doing some interesting things. Obviously, I hate Aquaman, and I think it may be the worst commercial movie. Uh, that I've ever seen in the theaters. Um, but uh, it has a lot of similarities to Saw, which is kind of interesting. So okay. uh, <laughs> um, the ma- or stylistically, I would say it's got some, it's you got just some devalued your recommendation. Cameron. So uh, no, no, I know. I know. But Saw, um, there's no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind that Saw looks Probably like a thousand times better than Aquaman. Okay, a thousand times. It looks way better than Aquaman. <laughs> it's cool. It's dumb, but it's also awesome. And you know that's how a lot of people thought about you know felt about Aquaman too. So you know whatever. Got to give it to someone. I want to call my movie Saw SWAT. Saw SWAT or SWAT Saw. <laughs> Swata. How about just sot? Yes, I was thinking too. <laughs> so, so <laughs> uh, I don't know. Dumb. I think that'd be sick. 
We gotta get no, some I, more. We gotta get some more aliens movies. You know? I like the no. I like the idea of maybe it's not just like a like a SWAT team or something, or maybe it's like it's like four like a group of like four detectives or something, and they they get trapped and they have to they have to figure out how to solve the clues or whatever. Like I you know what it good. is though. It's it's the good. Jaws thing. We want competent heroes. Yeah. You know, we want people that are like, that's what makes aliens. Awesome. Those guys that load up, they are, they're super cool. And you're like, they could take on anything and they can't even take on the threat. Right. Or, or the predator totally missing. We're missing that from this movie. Yeah. Like predator, predator, like the whole squad, you know, the first, 15 minutes of the movie is like, these guys are unstoppable, you know? And then like, then then they they go against the predator. Yeah. Yeah, And you're like, oh man. And there's something about that, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think um, there's something, where's a movie like that, Cameron? Mm. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. Um, I think that would be cool. I think that's what they're doing with those Halloween reboots, you know? (laughs) Well, speaking of Halloween. Yeah. I believe. So we talked about maybe doing um, Friday the Thirteenth, maybe doing Nightmare on Elm Street. Why don't we just bring it back? We'll just do Halloween. Because I've already seen it, Cameron. When did you see it last? It was actually pretty recent. Oh, really? Like when I oh, okay. within the the span of the show's life, so within the last three years. Oh, so I mean, geez. I we could watch it again. It is uh, it is good. Um, the score is. Awesome. Have you seen it? It's been a while. I can't remember the last time I watched it. Yeah, I mean, um, like it's 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 solid. I did, I really enjoyed it. I, my dad wanted to watch it with me, of course. My dad, who doesn't like horror movies, but likes that right, one. Right, right, right. Yeah, he's. I I don't believe him anymore. Okay, why don't we just do Nightmare on Elm Street? Okay, but you got to promise me you're gonna watch Happy Death Day with me, Cameron. <laughs> we got to watch Happy Death Day. All why? right. Because it's so good. It's so fun. And it fits the theme, Cameron. You've already forgot the budget theme, which we need to say before this episode's over for Saw. Budget and box office. Come on, Ooh, Cameron. Yes. The budget, pretty small. The box office, really big. <laughs> what did it garner? Let's see. I'll look it up. I didn't, I didn't prepare this. I'm sorry. So the budget of Saw was $1.2 million, which is pretty, pretty tiny. Small. Yeah, pretty small. Pretty tiny. Let's look at the, the box office here. $103.9 million. So you 100X'd your investment. Yeah, that's pretty um, good. Pretty good. That is pretty nuts. One point two million for Danny Glover. <laughs> yeah, just I don't know. Say any, you know, it's cheap. I don't know. Now, now I do think we should do Nightmare on Elm Street because I've never seen it and I'm interested. I'm um, kind of interested too. Also, uh, it has a budget of one point one million dollars. In 1984, so bigger budget than than Saw, I will say. 1.1 um, in 1984 is less. 
than 2004 1.2. No, it's not. What are you oh, about? no, it is more. Sorry. Yeah, it's I'm way more. So much for you know, inflation. Your economics what? degree. Yeah, <laughs> terrible. Out the window. <laughs> Use it or lose it. You know what they say? <laughs> <laughs> How do we spend two hours talking about Saw? This is a... It's just a wacky movie. Full plot summary, so you guys didn't have to watch it. You're welcome. I think it's, I think, I, you know, I'll say it. I think it's good. I think it's a good movie. It's a lot of fun. It's got some wacky shenanigans going on. I really, really dislike that scene where they kidnap and torture the the (laughs) mom and child. Uh, I think it's horrible. But uh basically everything else in the movie i'm totally on board with and i think it's interesting and fun um and whether or not it's the greatest thing ever no not really it's not you know seven is a way better version of this movie um but it's also it's got a lot going on and i love the ending so you know i would say good stuff good stuff seven is like a 10 out of 10 and Saw is like a 7 out of 10. Maybe an 8 out of 10. I think like a 7.5, yeah. Yeah. I Like, 7, but then you add the ending, and you have to have like a little bit more, right? Yeah, yeah. That's really, that's really where it wins a lot of the points for me. So, um, well, great, great. I mean, this, is, this has been fun. I uh, tried to avoid Juliana from watching certain scenes in this movie. <laughs> Like she walked in the room when they were doing the reverse bear trap thing. I was like, I, I was like, I'm just gonna You're pause gonna it. You gotta this, go. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> the next scene she wa- she walked around was with the <laughs> with the child <laughs> and then the how, the home. <laughs> and I was like, ah, yeah, you know, no, we can't. You know, this is too much, right? Yeah. Like I think she would have been into the the part with the two guys trapped in the room. I don't think she would have been bothered by that at all. So uh, it's just interesting how. The part that you thought was going to be the worst isn't. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. <sighs> All right, guys. Funny. Well, I'm trying to wrap up. You want to keep going? We're at two hours, Cameron. That's no, it. I'm just, yeah. Yeah. You're like, I had, you know, 20 more minutes of dialogue going there. <sighs> just so many things to say about Saw. <laughs> Apparently. Good. Good. For good. For some reason. Well, we post every Tuesday. I guess we're going to watch another old movie. Uh, we should force Cameron to watch Happy Death Day. I need the audience to get behind get behind <laughs> me on this. Is it a good movie? No. Is it a fun movie? Yes. Maybe that's all you need with a horror movie. I don't know. Mm. I would really love to see what you think. I just want to say Red Letter Media, they liked it. Oh. So, well. Yeah, don't, don't diss it. Okay, until next Tuesday, guys. We'll catch you then. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast that is fully funded on Patreon.com. Shout out to our producers, Darren O'Neill, for supporting the show and to the rest of you that support us at Patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. If you want to learn more about the benefits you can get, check out our Patreon. The show cannot happen without you great listeners, so we thank you for all your kindness and support.